Yeah. Welcome back to the Lightning Rod for March 2nd, 2022. Your official, unofficial home for Tampa Bay Lightning chatter and talk. The show that's heavier than Miranda Lambert and greasier than Dirks Bentley's hair. From Miami, I am Johnny Pipes. And angrier than when you don't take a shot and Phil Esposito's calling the game. I'm Gannon coming at you from Palm Harbor. Nice. That one worked. Third time's a charm. Don't you love it when things work? Yeah, like I don't said. Don't get used uh, to it. Uh, not, 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 not too used to it. Not too used to it. We are on episode number 11, though. That's pretty good that we made it to uh, double digits. Past double digits now. We're, in, we're, we're, we're creeping up the board. Well, this is my first double digit. You did that one solo show. All right. So uh, it's now your 10th your show. You were there in spirit, so that counts. Yeah, that yeah. Counts. You 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 did a lot. You know what was it? Covering three losses. <laughs> you did me a favor. That was that was terrible. That was terrible. Dark times. Yeah, but we do have good times to talk about today. As a matter of fact, but before we get into the the happiness and the goodness that were the last two Tampa Bay Lightning games, which were indeed victories. Spoiler alert. Uh, let's talk about how you, the fan, can talk to us, the uh, the pseudo-experts. Well, there's one expert and then one guy who just hits buttons. You can uh, call us and leave us a voicemail at 727-416-0613. Uh, we will play it on the show if we get it. When we get it, you can email us at thelightningrod1 at protonmail.com. That's the number one, thelightningrod1. And uh, also, you can find us on uh, Twitter at lightning rod pod uh, where you'll also find our link tree and all that all this will be in the show notes please give us a call let us know what you're thinking and uh before we get started i do have a surprise for you my friend we did indeed actually get our first fan mail no shit yeah we did we did hold on Wait, that's not a that's it's it's a happy sound, not an unhappy sound. What am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing? Hold on. There we go. <laughs> there we go. That's that's what I was wanting. That's what I was wanting. So, we got an email, uh, and it has some questions, which I will mostly uh, div- divert to you, the expert here, and uh, we'll talk about it. So this is from Catherine. Hey, Catherine. She says, hey, just wanted to let you guys know that I've been really enjoying the podcast, and I really hope you keep it up. I think you have a great rapport and include insightful hockey analysis in a way that's easy to listen to. I'm relatively new to hockey, so your commentary has been super helpful in broadening my knowledge of Bolt's history and the game in general. Well, thank you, Catherine. Some random things I'd love to hear your thoughts on. Question number one, what do you think of the current condition of our power play? Great to have Cooch back in the lineup, but do you think there are areas we could work on? I think our passing could be a little uncreative slash predictable at times. What say you, Gannon? It definitely can be. I know before we had Cooch Cooch back, that 30-game stretch or whatever it was, a lot of these plays were being forced to Stamkos, and I really wish I would have seen more of those bumper passes to Braden Point, which have been so effective in the past. Um, now, you know, over the last couple of games, I think it really has improved. I know, uh, you know, as great as Kucherov was and still is, you know, from his uh, return from injury, I think that he himself is getting a little more confident. You know, he... I'll die on this hill saying that he is the best passer in the league, but I would love to see Kucherov shoot more. I know he has been riding a goal streak here, but he has a lethal one-timer. Obviously, it's not as good as Stamkos's. You know, I think he's second in the league, maybe third under Matthews and Ovechkin, but Kucherov, he's got an underrated shot and one-timer and slap shot. So I'd like to see him shoot more, but everybody knows when Hedman is shooting more, that it, it just creates a little little bit of chaos. That's honestly what we kind of need is is more chaos in front of the net because I agree with you, Catherine. A lot of these plays do look pretty predictable. You know, 
uh, not every team does have that double one-timer threat and that uh, bumper option and point and the tip the tip option with uh, Hedman and Kalorn. But yeah, we definitely could use a little more chaos. So m- more more shots, less passing. I know you know it has worked in the past, but when you have such a lethal power play, it uh it does it does get a little predictable. I agree. And what I will add is that it it's hard for them to get back to the system they had that was just insane a few years ago when they haven't all been together for long enough in order for there to be a groove. You know what I'm saying? Like these things take, I think, time to get that oil in, in the machine, you know, and with Cooch being gone so much and Brayden Point being out here and there, like they just get so used to having the other guys on the power play that now that they're all back and everything is in place, like you, I think you can start to see it coming back a little bit. And on Cooch, that guy, he's been in, he's got 26 points in 17 games this year. That's insane. Oh, yeah. He's actually leading the league in points per game right now with a 1.47, I believe. It's actually probably higher now. That's an old stat. Uh, I took that stat before last night's game, so it probably is higher now. Catherine going on says, what's your opinion on Sergey? He has brilliant plays, but boneheaded ones, too. I feel like I wrote this email. (laughs) I heard. I've heard a good amount of debate about whether he needs to go or just needs more time to develop. I definitely don't think he needs to go. That's for sure. No, no. I, um, th- this may be my recency bias. I was going to ask you, you know, from the last time we did record, who would be your MVP of the week? And there's plenty of good options, but I, I would say, honestly, since the new year, I think Sergachev has been a great number two defenseman. Uh, obviously, being being so young and with an offensive mind, he's going to take those gambles. Uh, he's going to take he's going to take risks because he he wants to get the shot off. He wants to get a clear open lane. And again, he is still super young, but I think his his defensive game has. Take, taking the next step since, let's say, January, I, I think he has been phenomenal. And, I again, he does make boneheaded decisions, but every defenseman does. You see Victor Hedman, he gets caught up. He'll make bad passes, muffins up the middle, or bad clears. It, it's hard to say, you know, n- no defenseman is perfect. No NHL player is perfect. Um, even, even Nicholas Lidstrom made mistakes, albeit... Probably not as many. I think he is the archetype of any defenseman you would want. But again, even he made mistakes. I think it's all part of the maturing process. Uh, again, with with his offensive mind, he he's going to take gambles. But I think in due time, maybe I, I doubt he, for the next couple of years he's going to be able to get that number one defenseman spot with Hedman there. But Right now, he's the clear number two, and I think just with you know more games under his belt, I th- he hasn't even played over 400 games in the league yet. It, it all it all will come naturally. He's got all the pieces there. So I was looking at his points here in 48 games this season. He has uh, 27 points, so 24 assists and three goals. He's a plus eight. That's pretty good. I do see where she's coming from though, because. Uh, I, I've said it myself, like I'm not Mr. Analyst, but I, I have seen times where I'm like, oh, Serge, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? But mm-hmm. he has just as many good plays as he does bad. I think he's way better than, than a lot of alternatives. So, Yeah, with, with any defenseman, obviously, especially if you're trying to pick out issues in their game, it's easier to pick out those issues than sometimes it is to pick out some of the good small things that they do. I think Sergachev is actually well improved on his two-on-ones, uh, especially his speed getting back if he is getting beat on a play or anything. But if you look at footage from his first you know, couple seasons in the league to now, he does have a much more defensively sound game. But again, no, nobody's perfect, especially not him, especially not Hedman, even McDonough. He's a rock. They all make mistakes, but the, the best thing you can do is make up for them. For sure. The only thing I'd say that maybe he could cut down on a little bit is in this is something that Cooch used to do too, where if he gets frustrated, 
then he'll start to lash out a little bit and, and, and I think do more boneheaded stuff when he he's, will. when he's frustrated. But then again, I think if I was wearing the uniform and I was having a really bad game, I'd, I'd probably lash out a few times too. As long as you can rein it in when you need to rein it in. There's a reason I don't play beer league. I would just be drunk all the time and then I'd probably <laughs> break an ankle again. I'd get angry. We do have. I'm, I'm um, too. I'm too competitive. Oh yeah, aren't we? I feel that. So Catherine does have one more question to close her uh, email out here. What would your dream final uh, cup final matchup look like? Obviously, Tampa winning in seven against. That's a tough one. Are we, if we're, if we're just going on this season, I'd like to see Minnesota. I think that would be really interesting. I think they've got a really good team right now. Uh, I, th- I think they would pair up very well together. Uh, and I think that franchise does deserve a good run. You know, no more first-round exits or sweeps. Uh, they've got all the pieces to do it this year. I know they're going to be coming up on some cap struggles in the next year when those buyouts really start to hit in. Um Either that or Anaheim. I think that would be really cool. I I really enjoy watching the Ducks, even though they are kind of slipping out of the playoff race right now. I, I think that would be cool to see. Uh, let me actually back up. I think Colorado. I think that would be really cool. That would just be a run-and-gun, deadly series. How about you? I want a rematch with Chicago, and uh, preferably this year's Chicago team. It's not going to happen, but yeah. I want it just because – you know we're we are two and one in uh, in cup finals, and I would like for them to nullify that one loss. No, three and one. Three, yeah, three and one. I will, no, we're two and one. We've won. No, we're three and one. You're right. We've won three. I'm, I'm an idiot. We've won three. We've lost one. So I would like to nullify that one loss against Chicago. I hate Chicago with a passion, and so I think taking them out would uh, set the universe right. Another one I've been seeing uh, people kind of people will do like mock series uh, like halfway through the year. Or so you know, will they will match up all the you know all the teams and pick out which one people would think would be the most entertaining or competitive. But a lot of the ones people have been saying possible Stanley Cup final, Calgary, they're on a heater right now, and that'd be a rematch for them. As much as you know, they would want to win that one, considering how much they think they got screwed in 04. That would be a very, very entertaining series, especially, you know, for, for Blake Coleman. Yes, yes. Um, I would hate for Canada's uh, hopes to get completely dashed yet again. Yeah. Sometimes I do feel a little bad that there hasn't been a Canadian team to have won in ages. Um, so, well, sure, it'd be cool to see a rematch like that. I would much rather see Chicago. I, would, I want to nullify that one before they nullify ours. I see. I don't even want that storyline to be there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want them to have that kind of bullet, bulletin board material. Or if we were playing Calgary, just another, like, crucial, like, you know, hairline, you know, is it in, is it not kind of goal, something like that, that ends up going Tampa's way again. <laughs> I was having arguments about that with people from Calgary that were drinking when I was living in Seattle at my uh, at my bar. And I would, you know, I mean, what can you say? All I can say is, okay, yeah, sure. But who's got the rings? What, like, who what cares? you say is, look at the parallax view, and you will clearly see that the <laughs> puck did not completely enter the net. Thank you. Goodbye. Yes. Now, break out the protractor. So that was an email from Catherine, our new fan. Um, and, oh, also part of this email, which is pretty awesome, is she drew us a logo. What? Yeah, and I'm going to be using that logo for our podcast cover tonight, or at least I'll add it on to the one that we've been using. And I think it looks you know, pretty damn cool, to be honest. Well, thank you, Catherine. I, we, we really appreciate it. Reach out if you can. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know how to reach us, and please do leave us a voicemail. We're still waiting to hear somebody other than Johnny Pipe's voice on our voicemail box. So, uh, yeah, that was uh, our one email. and We'll get to some games here in a second. Here I go once again with the email. Every week, I hope that it's from a female. <laughs> All right. <laughs> cool. So, uh, well, we will go back in time here um, to the festivities of this past Saturday night, which was indeed incredibly enjoyable uh, from top to bottom. 
Uh, that was a great game. What do you uh, What do you think initially of the overall stadium experience? I I'm upset because I had plans to go a couple months ago and it didn't work out. And uh, yeah, upset I didn't go. But what a spectacle it was! I don't think they could have pulled it off any better. I will say that. I mean, I was biased because I was wearing our jersey, and I think that our jersey should be. I think that stadium series jersey should be our away jersey for good. Like that should look so good. It just it's it's such a better variation than what we do. Don't get me wrong, I love our I love our jerseys, but having the same logo on both away and home, I think it would be so much cooler to do the white stadium series as our standard away, just to have that little bit of variation. But what I will say about Smashville's I would love it if it didn't say Smashville. If it was just the guitar pick with the stars, without the words on it, it it would have been perfect. I liked the colors. I liked everything. But the big, ugly Smashville letters ruined it to me. I thought if the letters could fit inside of that box, like like they just barely go out and it looks like a kind of a shitty graphic designer, like kind of shook his hand when he was expanding the letters. Uh, I think it would have been a little bit cleaner, but that's not really what the stadium series is about. They, they all the last five years since they've done it, I forget when they started it. But if you go back and look at all the stadium series jerseys, they're jerseys that pop. So I think that was kind of the the vibe that they were going for. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. I think that that guitar pick logo was actually really really neat. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, UC Soros, I'm not sure how long it lasted. I only saw it after the game, but apparently that guitar pick logo in the center fell off of his jersey <laughs> or didn't have one. So it got smashville <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Stammer must have ripped it off for the one-timer. The cool thing about this Stadium Series game is it actually brought in more people to watch than normally would watch a hockey game. Like my girlfriend actually came over and we made dinner and we watched it because it was a spectacle. You know, it's something different. And she doesn't watch hockey at all, except when she's watching it with me. And she enjoyed it for the most part. You know, the one thing that I would say we had a little bit of trouble with at the beginning was because of the camera angle at the being so low because it's used to showing football. It's a football stadium. So it, it was a little difficult at first when the puck was on the near boards. You couldn't really see what was going on. I was a little disappointed that they didn't use the wire camera more. They did start to use it during power plays, and I thought that was awesome. I would have liked yeah, to have seen that all it. the time. Like, it's there. Use it. Like, you could have used that in so many different ways. Uh, yeah, I remember uh, in the bubble, they, uh, without any fans having, you know, obstructing their views with some of the cameras, they actually had some pretty interesting shots that I feel like they used primarily in like the first couple of rounds. And I feel like they eased off of it a little bit, but I thought, you know, get a little creative with it. You've got, you know, you got those uh, wire cameras and everything. And I think I can only remember seeing it maybe twice, like once on each power play. I can't remember any more of it. It looked really cool when they were doing it for the power play. I could see that maybe becoming a thing in the future. If they could wire that up in some of the arenas, it would be a really cool camera angle to have every once in a while. Um, other than that, before we actually talk about the hockey, the only other uh, complaints I have, and it's, they're not really complaints. I guess they're to be expected if you're playing a game, you know, in uh, when you're, when you're, when you're playing a game in Nashville, you're going to get that Nashville pop music, which is like some people might call it country. I don't particularly call it country myself, but you know, it, I, have this seething hatred for that fancy song that the one about Applebee's, like I hate that song so much. And so I was on my mute button basically anytime there wasn't hockey being played. The stream that I was using, it only got the, uh, like the opening of it, but it didn't do any intermission uh, reports or anything like that. It didn't show any of the, uh, of the shows or whatever. Um, so I missed out on pretty much all of it, uh, other than the, the opening ceremony, if you want to call it that. Um, and I forget who they, they came out with. I, I can't remember, but I'm not a big 
big fan of that kind of stuff either. If it, if it's country, I like old old country, outlaw country like that. Yeah, outlaw country is the way to go. But unfortunately, when you're in Nashville, you have to uh, listen to the Nashville sounds, which today is the manufactured uh, Dirks Bentley Miranda Lambert kind of stuff. Man, holy smokes, has she eaten some some barbecue lately? Hey, Dirks Bentley, he's got he's got like a couple of good songs, like two or three. Well, somebody ought to tell him that he's looking a little too much like Chad Kruger from Nickelback right now. Oh God! Yeah, it was it was looking a little little bit rough. But hey, that's that's music, and you know you, you love it if you if you like it, cool. If not, whatever. More importantly, there was an incredibly good hockey game that was played, and uh, it started off with a bang, as in the bang of uh, Ryan Johansson's shoulder into Eric Chernak's head. What do you think about that? I personally thought it should have been five in a game. I don't, I don't really know why they reduced it to two minutes. Um, cause yeah, it was dirty. The, the play, the, the puck was well beyond the, he, he came up. I don't know if you can really call it leaving his, leaving his feet, but he did come up a little bit and he moved his body up. Was it his shoulder or his, or his elbow that got him in the head. I couldn't really tell from any of the angles. It, it looked like a shoulder. Um, his elbow looked a little lower, but it, the thing is, it looked like he was aiming. Like yeah, the intent was there. Yeah, it didn't look like an accident. He looked like he aimed it, and it yeah, Chernak didn't move. It knocked him out once of the he game. Passed that puck. Like it, it. Yeah, I think he he came back for like a shift or two and just wasn't working, which. I don't know. I'm a, not that I'm a big fan of you know eye for an eye. If a player gets injured on a hit, whatever, he should be out. There's people that say you know if you have like a dirty play on somebody, you should be out as long as they are like suspended as long as they're injured. Um, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I think you know at, at fair it would have been five a five minute major and a match penalty, no suspension or anything. But it was that early in the game where that can count as a one game suspension. He'd still get paid for it, but. I, I think he should have been thrown out. It, it wouldn't have been a, 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 a outdoor game without a in Nashville without a, a ejection. Is that a thing? Yeah. So um, <laughs> two years ago, when they did the Winter Classic with Dallas and Nashville, thirty seconds into the game, Corey Perry got ejected for elbowing ryan ellis and he got suspended five games for it like it was a dirty play it was dirtier than than uh johansson's hit but the the funniest part about it or the only funny part about it was the walk of shame he had to do you know it was like a two-minute walk to the locker room because it was in a like a baseball field or somewhere i forget where they did it but you know just just Go back and watch Corey Perry ejected Winter Classic. It's hilarious because the whole stadium was booing him for like a minute, two minutes straight while he did the walk of shame. Uh, well, good thing he's grown up since then a little bit. Mm-hmm. That that was the start of the game. That knocked that knocked uh, Chernak basically out completely, uh, and then the man taken up his reigns who I thought actually had a, a surprisingly good game was Cal foot. Mm-hmm. He had a pass an assist on the, um, Steven Stamkos goal, the third goal of the game. That game was, winning goal. that was amazing. That oh, was, it was beautiful. The whole play before that, not even just the pass. He had a beautiful keep in the zone, you know, touched a couple of other lightning sticks before then or after that keep. And yeah, I forget who gave it back to him. I think it was maybe Killorn, but everybody expected him to shoot it. And yep, just tucks it in real quick. And that beautiful pass over to Stamkos would love to see more of that. But that was goal of the game. You know, without without that play from Cal Foot, the whole play in that zone, uh, that game would have probably been going to overtime. For sure. So it was nice to see. Now he did he did increase his minutes a hair. Well, maybe not even that much. It just seemed like, so he ended up with 11 minutes on ice. Um, like Chernak only had five minutes and then Calfoot had 11 minutes total. Um, but it just felt like you heard his name more than you normally do. Uh, he was all over the place and that's awesome. That's, we need more of that. Mm-hmm. I read a, uh, an article 
uh, on the Bolt, boltsreport.com. I forget who the author was, but good read. And it was four things to take away from the stadium series games. And one of those bullet points was uh, you know, the whole thing on Cal Foot. They were like, they were saying how much they think that he has transformed his game, you know, just in the last year or so. They think he's NHL caliber, which, yeah, it, I, I agree. And there's still going to be some kinks to work out. He's not, he's not fast at all. Um, but I, I truly think that he, not that he has a permanent spot in the lineup. I do think Ruda, Bogosian, and Chernak kind of move him down. But I, I would, uh, I'd love to see him play a little bit more. I, I think he is maturing. Again, he's still super young. We only drafted him in 2017, so there, there's time to develop. There's room to develop, and I'm liking what I'm seeing. But you can't rush development either. Which they, the, the Lightning have been very good about not rushing any of their players. Yeah, he's 23 years old, 1998. Wow, I was graduating high school. <laughs> Actually, shit, I was, I was already graduated for like six months. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. So, yeah, he's, uh, he got 11 minutes. Um, everyone else was over 20 except for Ruda. Ruda only had 16 minutes. I know uh, Sergachev and Hedman, they've been playing a lot together recently. Yeah, he, Sergachev had 25 minutes, and uh, Hedman had almost 30 minutes. That's crazy. That guy. I don't know, Damn. How, I don't know what, how he can do it. What What was the final? What was his final time on ice? 29.05. Damn. Yeah, that's crazy. I've 20. got a stat here from uh, moneypuck.com on the – Best defensive shutdown pairings. The These pairings give us the fewest expected goals per time played together. And second on that list is Hedman and Sergachev. Do you know what, do you know what an expected goal is? I do not. Enlighten us. It, it's a kind of a fancy stat, analytic stat. Um, essentially, there's a couple factors that go into it. It's people smarter than I that record this stuff, but uh, if there's a good scoring chance, uh, it, it factors in a whole bunch of things, you know, uh, shot, power, speed, um, if it hit a post, whatever it is. Uh, if it's a grade A scoring chance, and it all depends on who the goalie is and who the opposing members on the ice is, there's, there's so many factors, but they uh, – have they create the stack called expected goals so after all you factor all those things together you can count that uh if you know so and so happens you can count that as an expected goal and if it doesn't go in um it's a you know it's a big big plus to your defensive stats your uh fancy analytic stats um and a lot of people they're not they're not big fans of analytics but i think you do have to look at some of them but right now um and only playing sheltered minutes, but yes, uh, Hedman and Ruda have a uh, expected goals for per 60 minutes of 2.52 and expected goals against per 60 minutes, which is what I'm really looking at, of 1.66, which is second on the board, only below uh, the Boston Bruins pairing, Matt Grizzlick and Charlie McAvoy, which they're a great shutdown pair. Uh, again, given the limited amount of ice time, it's not a super, super fancy stat we should look into a whole lot. But, you know, for the limited amount of time that they are playing together, those uh, those stats really do jump out at you. Okay. That, that was a lot. So yeah. I don't expect you to process it. Yeah, I'm going to need a cheat sheet if, if that's going to be on the <laughs> quiz. Yeah, even I, like I barely understand it. But um, to put it bluntly... Um, they're good together defensively and offensively. All right. Well, there you go. We'll, uh, we'll let that one simmer for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what, let's see what else we can talk about the uh, stadium series. So there was some fights and I do like that the refs let the fights go, or at least they let the first one go like with, uh, with, um, Pat Maroon and, uh, the other Mike guy. McCarron. Yeah. They, they let them size each other up for a while. They let them hold on to each other's jersey for a while. It was not exactly a thrilling fight. They kind of had each other at, at reach and couldn't couldn't exactly get anything going. I did like Maroon's little cheap shot at the end, but 
Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty After good. After the whistle. Yeah, and I do like that uh, you know, he, he riled the crowd up a little bit when um when he when he finished. So that was kind of cool. There was another fight with Belmar, but that one lasted all of like about a second and a half. Belmar basically yeah, that wasn't fell much of anything. Right on his back and that was that. With but, with the maroon fight, I wish there were more more punches thrown instead of just, you know, a arm's length match, but Eh, the, the little cheap shot and the pump up at the end. Normally, I'd kind of give them hell, but you know, it's a unique outdoor game. Go ahead. Yeah, the, uh, the it's I, I do like that they. I just like that they let it go instead of breaking them up real quick. You know, they're like, "Come on, we want action too." You know, this is kind of boring for us to sit here and watch this, but you know, with a, a national game like that, and you know, the hockey world kind of looking at it because it was really the you know the spectacle that it was. Uh, it was nice to see that a little bit. Yeah, no, nothing's worse than when the linesmen jump in on like a perfectly like sanctioned fight between two guys. I I hate that. Uh, what else can we talk about with the stadium series? So the only disappointment I really had in the night was that, uh, you know, I was wearing my, my Vasilevsky Stadium Series jersey and naturally I immediately get sauce on the sleeve. <sighs> like it didn't even take, I, I couldn't have been wearing it for more than like 30 minutes. No. <laughs> Did you get it out? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's that's o- it's okay. It's I just thought it was funny. Like, man, it's I've had this thing on for for thirty minutes. You got anything else to talk about with the uh, with that game? With that awesome game that we saw, the Lightning winning three to two. Uh, not not necessarily about the game, but uh, who, huge props to Bolts Nation. They showed out. They you know, like not even just from the pictures I saw. You know, obviously they're the tourists. They're going to be running downtown, but at the stadium, everywhere. Uh, you know, I heard uh, Phil and Dave. They were talking about it. They're like, "Holy hell!" There's a hell of a lot of Bolts fans here, and even the national media. Uh, the TNT that was covering the game, huge props to, to Bolts Nation for traveling well. I think it was somewhere between fifteen and 20,000 tickets sold uh, through the Lightning and its partners and an estimated another 5,000 through uh, third parties uh, for Lightning tickets. So that's a huge turnout for, a, what, a 65,000-seat arena? That hopefully bodes well for getting another one sometime in the next handful of years if they can get them to play maybe like a uh, somewhere up maybe like a Fenway Park or something like that that would be cool I don't know if they could even fit a rink in Fenway Park but just some some place along those lines maybe Soldier Field in Chicago or something like that Chicago doesn't need any more winter classics or outdoor games they're they're done I think they're getting one next year are they really have they have they had a bunch I, yeah since since they started doing it in like 2008 I think they've been in like six or seven of them same thing with boston all right so we'll say minnesota then how about that yeah minnesota you could actually do it on a pond like you could set up some grandstands you know just on a regular old lake pond somewhere up there i think that would be kind of neat like it's like everybody like a wants to do that but the logistics behind it and like you know having you know, million dollar athletes skating on a frozen piece of ice, no matter how thick it is, it's probably more stable than an actual NHL rink, but I don't know the, the liability involved. I, I can't see that ever happening. Well, we can, we can dream, right? We can hope. All right. So we shall move on to last night's debacle. Hold on. We got to separate our segments here. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying new things. We're trying new things. Last night we played the uh, our, our expansion sister team, the uh, Ottawa Senators, and what a mess of a game that was! I'm just looking. I just have to look right here at the number of penalties. There were 20 penalties total in Holy. last night's game. 20. That is insane. I know the train to the penalty box started a little bit later in the game not like super late probably like second period ish somewhere but um disregarding like the major penalties and you know the the matching roughing penalties like i think there were like three consecutive maybe four consecutive penalties on each team uh like the lightning got three or four power plays in a row i don't have or i don't have the exact numbers in front of me but yeah it seemed like one two three and then one two three for uh ottawa is kind of weird yeah, it's, you're talking about the second period, uh, four minutes into the second period. It went 
three Ottawa penalties in a row, all within four minutes of each other. And then there were two in a row from the Lightning, and then they got the first two of the third period. So it went three and then four. (laughs) Yeah, like you could tell after the first, I don't know, five minutes of the game, you know, Ottawa had the momentum in the first, first five minutes. You know, you get two quick goals. Obviously, you're going to be riding high, but how sustainable is that? The Bolts came out and really showed up. Uh, seems like Vasilevsky's been letting in a lot of early goals, and he shuts it down from there. Just absolutely shuts it down from there. It kind of warms him up, you know. I still believe this all has to do with the lack of games, you know, throughout the entire month of February. It's just hard to stay crisp and in game shape if you're not playing games, which will very true not be a problem going forward because we're now about to embark on like a, a hockey journey for two straight months of nonstop, nonstop, starting after this uh, Penguins game coming up and then they go out and do their whole Northwestern trip and it's just going to be one after another after another. So I don't know. They have 31 games in 61 days. So I guess we'll know the answer to whether or not that's the issue if Vassy starts doing this once they're in the group. I mean, we, we know that he can take the, uh, you know, he, he can take consecutive starts. He can do back-to-backs. I mean, we we rode him through two straight Stanley Cup runs. Uh, you know, without even thinking about pulling him or starting uh, McElhaney or Elliot. You know, Elliot hasn't had a chance, but without even considering we have a backup goalie. Um, so I, I, I think you're you're right with your point. You know, the lack of games kind of it's it's hard to stay, you know, stay warm. So Vasilevsky does work better under a a dense workload. Albeit we do, we don't want to burn him out because we saw what happened when you do you know strictly just ride him. But I don't know. We 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 will have to start Elliot. You know probably a little bit more often. But you know I think I don't know if, if this game took place two weeks later against the Senators. I think we would have started Elliot. But considering the lack of games, they'd rather get you know, good, a good lead to separate themselves from the other teams. But yeah, it's grind time coming up here. What I will say about watching Ottawa play is since they're so young and they gave, you know, Kachuk the captaincy, like it's fun to watch them just kind of enjoy themselves, even if they're not exactly playing all that well. Like Kachuk is, is a shit stirrer. Like he just gets all up into everybody's business. And yeah, he, he's kind of so easy to, to hate. He he plays with passion. He plays like it, you know. He plays like his brother and his dad. Uh, just an absolute bastard to play against. And I'd love him on my team. Was was that a slew foot on Belmar? I don't think so. I saw some some argument about that, so I, I wanted to ask because I looked at it in slow motion and. Yeah, his arm's going back, but I don't really see his leg going forward. It's just kind of there. It's one thing if it's contact, but if you are swinging your leg, you know, with intent, it's honestly kind of easy to tell. Um, Like, I know Cooch would actually do it. I haven't seen him do it a lot, but he, I I have seen him kick people, uh, Washington player back in the playoffs, but... um, He'll he'll skate into the back of your leg, but he won't he won't move it. He won't stride or kick or anything like that. But uh, and it doesn't happen very often. But and it's not only him either. But yeah, people will do that just to kind of throw you off your balance. And if if you fall, you fall. But I didn't slew foot you. I mean, there was a pretty obvious um, cross check on Kalorn during that game. So if we're going to talk about some obvious stuff. That one was about as as obvious you could get. I mean, it knocked him basically into the goal, knocked him almost horizontal. Oh yeah. I don't know. With, with as many penalties as there were, there was definitely room to call more. But you don't want to have your game uh, ruled by power plays. You know, the the refs they they want to do as little as possible without you know the game getting out of hand. I think you know if if. 
I don't know. I know I, I throw my hands up every time I see a player go down, whatever. But after taking taking a couple deep breaths and, you know, rewatching the play, oh, that's not a penalty or whatever it is, or uh, just let them play. I, I, I like the, the freeness of the game. I, I hate when games are over-officiated. Um, you know, this game, again, it, it could have seen more penalties. I think four is rather conservative, honestly, especially with how loose and sloppy the Senators started playing uh, you know, late in the game. Well, when all else fails, we know who to blame. I got to tell you, this to me is the referee's fault. <laughs> Espo is that from it, that right? game? It is, yeah. That was a good old good classic Espo. So they, for, oh, for, for scoring, uh, the, the Senators scored first and they scored second and they scored quickly on both. Both goals were in the first uh, four minutes of the game, and then it was lights out from there. Yeah, th- those first two goals, they were kind of squeakers. I know Vasilevsky, he, obviously, he'd like to have them both back. That first one, you can't do a whole lot. It was kind of a weak tip. Um, it, it, you know, it gets through. He didn't have his pads all the way down. It happens. The second goal, though, he should have had it. That, that's one I'm not going to be as easy on him about. I think... You know, he, he's great at covering his corners, especially when there's no pass option. He's great at making reads. Uh, I think he should have had that. He, he was just a little loose. But uh, I think, you know, the, the 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 defense, they looked solid throughout the game, but the forward help the forward help on defense just kind of wasn't there. I know Point, he, he had a muffin up, up the middle that led to a turnover. I think it led to a goal. I'm not sure. Um, but, yeah, Point had a little bit of a rough start to that game, and boy did he make up for it now when you say a muffin how do you what do you mean when you call something a muffin just a like a soft pass that's going nowhere yeah a muffin normally means just like a weak shot um i guess i could use the term pizza that's just a pass right up the middle to to an opposing player i I guess i should have used that are you just trying to make me hungry right now is that what the deal is i am (laughs) no these are actual hockey terms (laughs) i have not had dinner yet and we're talking about muffins and pizza, and I'm like looking at the clock here, like, all right, 15 more minutes, buddy. <laughs> pizza for breakfast, muffin for breakfast, or no, pizza, pizza for dinner, muffin for breakfast tomorrow. Well, you do you. <laughs> I'll have that muffin tonight if I want. <laughs> <laughs> so I won't tell you how to live your life. So my, I think my highlight of the game, which is probably everyone's highlight of the game, is that absolutely insane Nikita Kucherov pass to uh, Stammer on the power play at the in the second period um, to to open up his uh, his one time shot. That, that was, was beautiful. One of the most insane passes that I've ever seen. And it's crazy because it's so simple too. Like if you just boil it down, it's just a backhand pass. But you know, actually looking at it, it was a no look, one touch cross ice backhand pass with the perfect amount of sauce the perfect amount of speed i mean i think it probably skipped five different players um you know that's 10 different feet uh five different sticks like the 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 odds of it are actually kind of crazy but he knew exactly what he was doing where he wanted it it was perfect just the direction of it like and not even it's almost like you you know he meant to do it but it just looks so much like he didn't mean to do it. But you know damn well, watch like, man, that's that's dead on. Like, how do you mm-hmm. do that? How does somebody do that? <laughs> yeah, I, it, it's crazy how, how some of the players even know that he's going to do that. Like, if you just have your stick down and ready, Cooch will find you. Between that and uh, the Braden Point goal where he swats it out of the air, those two things, it's like they defy logic. I really loved uh, Cooch's uh, his goal. Talking about the first goal of the game. Yeah, yeah, where he just uh, you know gets in low against the goal line and just backhand shell for Rooney. I thought that was also really pretty, but I think his pass almost you know overshadows it. That's right. He did have that one where he looked like he was gonna pass, and then he backhands it up and over, and it just looks so effortless. Yeah, he's a pass-first guy, and that's what I think everybody expects. You know, when they they you know they know they're playing against Kucherov, oh, he's going to find somebody open. But no, I, I think you know they did give him a little bit too much room. But again, to be able that to be a, uh, to be that 
close into the goalie and have that ability to still, you know, stick handle through two different players and again go go top shelf backhand. No, nobody can touch this guy. So the Lightning ended up winning that game five to two. They let the first two in really quickly, and then they scored five in a row. And the important thing about last night's game is it did put the Lightning back on top of the Atlantic Division by a point over the Panthers, who are kind of floundering at the moment. They've lost three in a row. Uh, the, the Lightning have won now five in a row. They're eight, one, and one in the last ten, which is pretty dope, if you ask me. Um, we're still not top in the East, which is kind of good. If um, who's who's top in the East? Is it Carolina? So it's Carolina. Carolina has 79 points. We have 76. Okay. So uh, it's all, it's all good if you're top of the division. You know, it's good, which means that we don't have to have any. Um, probably just a fuck around game. <laughs> we don't have to have any of those anytime soon because we're not in that running right now. I don't know if any. To be honest, I don't think anyone's going to catch Colorado, anyways. Truthfully, they're they're up at eighty four points right now. They've got a fourteen point lead uh, over over anybody else in their entire conference. So that's essentially seven games. That's crazy. So we might not yeah, have to what, worry what about the that, odds? anyways. What are the odds that Colorado's going to lose seven in a row? And whoever the next closest person is, is it L.A.? Are they the second? Well, there's two teams that are both at 70 points, which is St. Louis and Calgary. Okay, Calgary. L.A. is at 65 points, so they're a little farther behind. Yeah, I forget the the Pacific, the Pacific Division so bad. Yeah, they're they're looking a little rough. 70 points for Calgary and then 65 for L.A. after that. It kind of bunches up uh, with L.A., Vegas, um, the Wale, and uh, Anaheim. They're all within four points of each other. Um, so it's it's just Calgary that's ahead by five. But the the Central with Colorado, like they're just running away. But they're eight and two in their last ten, and they've won four in a row, and we're eight, one, and one. So as far as I'm concerned, we're the better team right now. But that's just me being biased. That's just me being a homer. Yeah, I, if I were to place money on who's going to go farther in the playoffs, Tampa's got my money all day. You know, the biggest stars flame out the brightest, so as we saw in spectacular fashion. Um, I, I hate to, to stereotype teams, but I, I Colorado's got that second-round curse bothering them. I think they need to do something to, to lift their demons, but how do you adjust that team? They, they do look perfect right now. They do look like the uh, 2019 Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, similar to it, you know, where you just look at the lineup, everything is perfect. They are just running away with the league. How do you stop it? Who knows, but Well, let's just I don't know. I, I let's I just can't take, see them winning. Let's just take hockey out of the equation for a minute, okay? You okay. can't really stop a bolt of lightning. Like if if lightning's gonna strike, it's just gonna happen and, and there's no force that's gonna be able to stop that. Whereas snow, you know, an avalanche is just snow. Snow melts. Right? <laughs> So like snow is not permanent unless you are like up in the, uh, up in the North Pole. Like it's just not permanent. So yeah, it's not permafrost. Yeah, we've got that kind of an advantage, really. Like you don't even have to have you don't even have to worry about pucks. It's that's just an advantage right off the bat, right? <laughs> so that's what we like to do here on this show is we like to we, we like to you know make it not about hockey all the time. You know, so for for, for everybody. What uh? So uh, let's see. That was uh, the the Senators game. What you got? Uh, any final thoughts on uh, that game last night? Honestly, I forgot that they scored those two goals. Watching the game, I re- <laughs> like even though the scoreboard was there the whole time, it had vibes of a shutout. I I know those two goals were stinkers. They they should not have gone in, but the whole rest of the game, I had shutout vibes. I don't know if that was just me, but it, at the end of the game, I was like, oh, shit, they did score two. So Tuesday night's usually my date night with my girlfriend, so I didn't get to watch all of the game. But I did get home in the middle of the second intermission, and I was like, sweet, I get to watch an entire an entire period of hockey left. This is great. Uh, and so I sit down, and I start to watch it, and my apartment browns out. Like, I had actually paused the game because I stream it on, on uh, ESPN. I pause it 
take care of all your nightlies, you know, get cleaned up, get ready for the next day. And then I go back in and like, great hit unpause, start watching the game from like a minute into the third period. And then my apartment Browns out. And so my computer shuts down and everything. And I'm like, man, this sucks. So as soon as I get everything loaded back up and I hit go live, the game's over. I'm like, Oh, come on, man. So that was my night of hockey. I got to go back and watch highlights and, and look at everything else and then look at the absolute insane number of penalties there were. But uh, yeah, that was, that was my kind of hockey night. It was a very entertaining game in my opinion. It, it got, it was rough actually. You know, we're kind of skipping over that. There were a couple of uh, another maroon fight, which a little bit better than uh, the, the Nashville fight, but still nothing, nothing super crazy. You know, it, I don't know. I, to me, there's no game that you should miss, and this isn't really one of them that I'd make an exception for either. But I don't know. I, I think there are, there is more important games, you know, t- to be had. And pl- trust me, you're going to get your share soon. Yeah, there's not going to be much to miss uh, going on here pretty soon because there's just going to be hockey all the time, which is nice that this little break is over. So, uh, well. With that, we'll we'll move on to the the next segment here. Hold on, <laughs> I gotta I gotta boost the volume on that in post production. So uh, let's see, let's take a look at our upcoming games since we're uh, transitioning out of what happened into what will happen. Uh, a big one coming up uh, very soon. Actually, it's tomorrow night. Thursday, March 3rd, we do play the dreaded Pittsburgh Penguins. It is at home. That's a very good thing. It's a back-to-back. We've got them first. And what I'm assuming that Brian Elliott will probably play the Friday game against Detroit. That's the back second half of a back-to-back there. And then, yeah. then the team disappears off to the uh, off to the west. And you'll start having to worry about late games in terms of how late are you going to stay up and watch hockey? Those don't really start thankfully until Thursday with uh, Calgary will be a nine o'clock game. And then the next three after that will be 10, 10 and 10. So, you know, get your, uh, get your coffee ready. All you know, of- like I, I say, I hate those games, but at the same time, I do watch a lot of these games that do start at ten thirty, start to finish. So like, you know, non lightning games like ducks games or something. I would, if I was 10 years younger, but I'm in the midst right now um, trying to f- to repair my incredibly horrible sleep patterns, and so I really can't. Now, if it's like a Friday night or a Saturday night, I'll do it. But if it's like, for example, which one? So the Wednesday night game, March 16th at Seattle, I really want to watch that game, and it's a TNT game. And I like the TNT crew, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it till 1230 in the morning on a Wednesday unless I take St. Patrick's Day off, which now that I'm looking at the schedule, I just might do. <laughs> just- I think you should. If if you're okay with like rewatching games or uh, I think that, that would also work. Me personally, I can't do that, but I don't know. No, nothing, nothing's better than seeing it live. Okay, so that's the upcoming schedule, and uh, what um, what else do you want to talk about tonight before we uh, wrap this bad boy up? Uh, I got a quick note here. Uh, Bolts sign uh, a kid named Bennett M- MacArthur. Uh, he's currently playing in the QMJHL, uh, part of the part of the OHL. Uh, or Hold on, part let me see if I can, let me see if I can guess those. Let me see if I can guess that acronym. So you said Q- QMJHL. Okay, QMJHL. That's the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Yes. Nice. Nice. I like it. I'm getting better at this stuff. Getting better. Hold yeah. On. It's a it's a sub league of the uh, of the Canadian Hockey League. Um, so if you've heard of the OHL, the Ontario Hockey League, or the WHL, the Western Hockey League, they're all uh, affiliated. I have heard of the Western Hockey League because that's the league that the Seattle Thunderbirds play in. Yes. Despite the fact that they do not play in Seattle. Where, where do they play? They play in a town south of Seattle called Kent. Ah. 
So it's 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 greater Seattle, but trust me, if you're in Seattle and you're trying to get to Kent, it's going to feel like you're going it's going to feel like Tampa plays in Orlando. Oh god. Yeah, it's that bad. There's actually so many of those teams in the league. Like I'm actually super grateful like in the NHL uh, or, or and even in the other major sports leagues, but uh, so I'm very grateful that at least the Bucks and the Lightning play in Tampa, not so much the Rays. Well, they're going to be, well, I don't, I mean, to be honest, I don't know if there's ever going to be baseball ever again, so it doesn't really matter. As long as we don't get a basketball team. Well, you had one. You had the, the Toronto, the South Toronto Raptors for a oh, little yeah. while, which from what I understand, they drew pretty well, but it doesn't really matter to me because I hate the NBA as do you. So mm-hmm. we definitely aren't going to talk about basketball anytime soon. Unless, unless, because I will say this, I love the NCAA tournament. I have no dog in the fight whatsoever, but to me, the first like week of the NCAA tournament is probably my favorite week of sports throughout the entire year. Is that the March madness? Exactly. And the reason why is because number one, the games are short. Number two, um, they're nonstop for the first four or five days. They're nonstop. Like they start in the morning and they end past midnight on the East coast because there's so many games. Number three, you can see a giant killer. Like it's really fun to root for underdogs in that tournament. Um, and number four, like I said, I have no dog in the fight because I don't pull for, I mean, I guess in terms of college sports, I, I will pull for um, UCF first. Cause I had a cup of coffee there once USF and then I'll, you know, if all else fails, I'll pull for, pull for the Gators. I don't consider Florida State to be a Florida team because Tallahassee, to me, is not even in Florida. It's lower Alabama. <laughs> um, so I can watch it completely neutrally, you know? And so it's it's fun to watch. And then when it's over, it's and then well, actually once it gets past the first week and then you, you're down, unless, unless there's like a super underdog going, I'm talking like a, somewhere between a 12 and a 16 seed, Unless they're still in the tournament, then there's really no, not even any reason to watch it past that. Yeah, I just, I personally don't care about basketball. I'm sorry if I hurt any feelings, but it's just not my sport. Um, I guess if I'm gonna, if I'm gonna root for anybody, it's gonna be the University of Kentucky. I got a buddy that goes there, and he's a huge uh, Wildcats fan. So I guess, I guess I'll root for them. Well, why don't you, why don't you just say that you love the Yankees too while we're at it? <laughs> see he goes there is the thing and he, he's like super super involved he's done a couple of the broadcasts i believe so um or like color commentary for the radio i want to say um so so that that's why otherwise i've got even less of a dog in this fight than you fair enough fair enough that is coming up here soon so i'm pretty excited about that uh what else any closing thoughts my friend yeah, I want to know, as much props as we were giving him early in the show, Cal Foote, he was actually, you know, we're going back to um, to this Ottawa game. He was healthy scratched for Andre Schuster. Aha, that's interesting. I know, I know you'd be a little upset about that. I didn't even think about it. And you know what? It's funny because in like the 30 seconds of the game, I did manage to catch. I heard Schuster's name, but I was like brushing my teeth. And I'm like, wait a second. Why the hell would Schuster be in there? And I might have I thought in the back of my head, that maybe Chernak was still out or something, but no, yeah, Schuster. Wow. So I wonder what he did. I don't know. I know he got beat on uh, one play in the in the stadium series game, um, but it wasn't like abhorrent or anything. I thought he had a really really great game. So I, I'm I'm confu- I'm confused. I, I really wish I knew why. Well, when we have John Cooper on the show, or at least somebody interpret, uh, impersonating John Cooper next episode, we'll, we will uh, we will ask him. Maybe that'll be uh, something we do. See if we can get see if we can get the uh, old Coop to call in, since uh, Dave Randorf wouldn't wouldn't call in. Matter of fact, not only did he not call in, but he did another show. So I was kind of kind of disappointed in, in, in yeah, Dave. Yeah, I saw there. that. It's like, hey man, how are you gonna say? Maybe maybe he couldn't do more than one. Maybe he already had that obligation. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna slander him too much. I'll I'll, I'll take my cookies and run. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap this bad boy up. We are at the one hour mark. If you want to call the show and uh, pretend that you're John Cooper, please do. We'll have you live on air. It's uh, 727-416-0613. If you want to email us like Catherine did, 
Um, you can email us at the lightning rod one at protonmail.com. Uh, if you want to find us on Twitter, you can do that too. It is at lightning rod pod. You can also find our link tree on there and all that kind of good stuff. We're also on the podcasting 2.0 uh, network. So if you're using a, a podcasting 2.0 compatible app, which you can find on new, new podcast apps.com, then uh, you can uh, listen to us on there and maybe uh, stream us some, some sats. If you want, you don't have to, but you know, Hey, it'd be nice. Why not? So, uh, until such time as next week when uh, we're back at it and we'll have a hell of a lot more games to talk about uh, for Gannon, I am Johnny Pipes. We will catch you on the flip side. Peace. Thanks again, Catherine. That's fine. I don't care.